Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to Episode 5, the Wrestling Classic. No tagline? No tagline. There's no tagline. Rolls Royce? Rolls Royce money? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The Wrestling Classic was produced by the WWF on November 7th, 1985. At the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois. Do you know where Rosemont, Illinois is? No. no. It's literally I was a, thinking, why Illinois? But it's, I was like, it's is literally it, is it outside a sub, of Chicago? It's a suburb of Chicago. of Chicago. Okay, that makes sense then. I have found that it's the first proper WWF pay-per-view. But it is. I think it is disputed by some sources. Well, yeah, I, just, I was looking up the card before we started, and I saw a thing. But I guess in a smaller market, WrestleMania 1 was... In pay-per-view, but it wasn't, like, you know, across the board available. So this might be the first one that's, like, was widely available. I gotcha, I gotcha. But what was happening in 84? What was happening in 1985? Oh, tell me, Matt. I know you know. The first Nintendo console was released in the U.S. a few ah, weeks prior to with this. With Rob the Robot, right? It was, a, it was a big pack. I think so, yes. And Gary Kasparov. I'm pretty sure I just butchered that name. I don't know who that is. But he was the youngest world chess champion at 22. The only thing I know about chess is Bobby Fischer. Were you searching for him? Oh, I searched for him hard, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gary Gary and Bobby Fischer played at one point. Uh, I was on the chess team in fifth grade. And you don't know who Gary Kasparov is? I played for a year or two with my cousin. It was fun. Uh, I would probably play terribly today. I probably would too. I think I remember what all the pieces do. Yeah, exactly. I know I know what the pieces do, but that's yeah. about it. The attendance was around 14,000 or so. I mean, let's just kick it right into the show cuz this this was a fun show. It's a great show. Um I was telling you why more more one evening tournaments. They're fun. Yes, I agree. I mean, I know we'll get to King of the Ring at some point, but they just need yeah. to do more more of them just everywhere. I know New Japan Cup is it's not a one night tournament, but it's a Couple days basically, and it's, oh. it's kind of uh, this. Kind yeah, of well, this year they're like doubling up, so it's going to be a little longer. They, I think it went from yeah, like they, sixteen they, to yeah. I think they doubled the guys. number of wrestlers this year. It's all right. Uh, I'm always down for more New Japan singles matches. Exactly. So wrestling classic starts with some fun '80s graphics and oh, yeah, WrestleVision baby and music introducing the wrestlers for the evening. The music is actually a dub tune. Yeah, I hate the I hate the dub tune because I like you can tell with a lot of these shows watching them on the. Do network. you want to know what the tune was? Of course, was. I I'm sure it was cool. Back in time, instrumental version by Huey Lewis and the News. Oh, do I know Back in Time? Is it off Sports? Back to the Future. Oh, okay. Duh. Yeah. That yeah. song. I like me some uh, yuppie rock. Presented by WrestleVision, as you said. Do we know what WrestleVision is? They got a cool logo. Because this is the only event that was ever under that banner, yeah. ever. 
It was probably just so, something they tried out, but also they said that this was going to be an annual show, and unfortunately it's not. No, it is the only wrestling classic, and then we're told that someone's going to win a Rolls Royce. Yeah, why? Why not, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure, that makes sense. We head over to Vince McMahon, good old Vince. He's our host for the 16-man single elimination tournament tonight. Oh, and that physical bracket, it's beautiful and huge, and I love it. Yes. Uh, joined by Lord Alfred Hayes. Don't hate him as much on this show. And Susan. Who I is di- incredibly I tall. I didn't catch her last name. <laughs> no. It was an incredibly difficult last name, too. Yeah, she has a crazy dress on, and she is a very tall lady. I don't think she ever shows up ever again, so I didn't really care that much. But Susan has a pointer to point out all the pictures as they announce the matches. She's our Vanna White for the Exactly. Evening. Then we get uh, Mean Gene Okerlund in the back before the show overlooking the picking of names out of a fishbowl. Such an exact science of... But is, do they already show the bracket before he pulls it? They name? do show this, but then Vince goes basically like, and this is how they how oh, we got okay. this. okay, so he's and like, yeah, he's letting you know like it's pre-taped. A, uh, we see Ricky Steamboat draw Davey Boy Smith, which oh, that'll be a fun match. Miss Elizabeth draws for Macho Man Randy Savage, and he gets Ivan Putsky. Mr. Fuji drew for Magnificent Don Morocco... And gets Tito Santana, which are basically our last two intercontinental title holders. So that'll be a fun match. We then head to actually a live interview from Mean Gene, who's with Jack Tunney, who is president? our kayfabe president. I was wondering, I was, like, I was like, is that president? <laughs> but it's, yeah. Jack what, Tunney, what was his actual job? Uh, Jack Tunney was actually the... Bus driver. He owned a Canadian promotion... That basically merged with WWF, and he basically had the rights to run the Canadian uh, or the Maple Garden in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So WWF merged and brought him on basically as as someone in the office. Yeah, Vince putting out those tendrils. And every once in a while, they would need a figurehead, a you know boss man, boss, you know, but not a big one, you know, and Jack Tunney. Was that guy yeah. for basically the 80s into the 90s even. Uh, so he was the... President. Air quotes, president. Yeah, he looks the part to me. Of WWF. Uh, later on, Gorilla Monsoon would fill that role. Um, and then after that, obviously, Vince would finally be like, hey, Yeah, I'm really the president. <laughs> you know, I'm the boss. Uh, they go over the rules of the tournament. Only rule, basically, is you have to win to advance. Yeah. But they do mention... That if there's a draw, both men are out. Foreshadowing much? <laughs> I, I always love when, when things give rules. Because yeah. you can kind of look at the rules we'll and go, like, like, hmm, oh, yeah. that's that's, that's probably how they're going to do something. Like, uh, we, yeah, we're, we're going to cut a good 20 minutes off the show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we then go down to ringside. We have Gorilla Monsoon on play-by-play and Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, both dressed terribly. I love how terribly they're dressed. You didn't love Jesse in the purple suit and red oh, shades? I do. I love I love how bad it is. I mean, yeah, it is bad. I mean, Grill Monsoon's in his normal get-up. Isn't I mean, he wearing, like, all red or something? He's wearing a red suit with, like, the frilly... Yeah, the, uh, like, Seinfeld shirt. Yeah, <laughs> puffy shirt. Puffy shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not everybody can look as good as Mean Gene. Uh, mean Gene always looks classic. <laughs> well, we go to our first match. We have Adrian Adonis with Jimmy Hart. Versus Corporal Kirchner. Uh, Adrian Adonis looks like a bowling ball in shorts. 
I thought he looked like a fat Rod Stewart. Oh, oh. Does he have the Rod Stewart hair? Yes. Yeah. He, like, literally in his face, he looked exactly yeah. like he, Rod he's, Stewart. He's kind of more of a, he was definitely more of a, uh, of a, like, rocker. I mean, we all know that Rod Stewart's a rocker, but he comes out with his, like, leather jacket. Which, there's a funny story about the jacket. If you notice, Roddy Piper isn't wearing a leather jacket at this point, but in sometime in the future, the leather jacket that Adonis is wearing becomes the leather jacket that Piper's wearing. Oh, really? Yeah. This photo of Adrian Adonis, he looks like a leather daddy. It's kind of disturbing. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely need to look that picture up. (laughs) ProWrestlingFandom.com He's got like the gloves on and like he looks like a like uh, a fat member of like Wasp or something. Uh, But they mentioned that these first round matchups in this tournament are 10 minute time limits. So we know we're going to have some quick matches. Uh, Corporal Kirchner is basically a Sergeant Slaughter ripoff, and of course they didn't make him as high as, or ranking as Sergeant. They gave him Corporal. Yeah, but he does come out to the armed. All BGI does exactly. He came out to the Armed Forces song, and then uh, you can hear Hart on his megaphone the entire oh, match. Jimmy Hart, get out of me! Get out of here! That was great. Come on. <laughs> I like so one of those things. Like oh, I love to hate him. Oh yeah, I don't totally hate him. It's not like my my Lord Alfred Hayes where I'm like, oh. it's like you love to hate exactly. Uh, Donis likes doing the windmill elbow. Yeah, it, it was kind of weird because he would like do the windmill like it was almost counterclockwise, but then he would come down with the elbow. He's making up for that short reach. Instead of instead is. of doing this, you know, forward with the windmill, he was He's doing like the windmill backwards. Yeah, and then, and then coming, bring it down, and then coming. It was the weirdest. Maybe it's like one of those. Uh, it's like a, one of those toys that you like pull back and they move forward like the, the cars. Yeah. Corporal goes for a suplex at one point, but Adonis reverses it into a DDT and gets the pin. Yeah, it's a rough looking DDT. It looks it looks good. I, I literally think Corporal... Did not take it? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's not good. No. That's not a good one to not have I think take. that's the, pro- the problem on that. It wasn't... I remember it looking a little, a little more brutal than I expected. <laughs> exactly. Uh, mean Gene then gets a live interview with Adonis and Hart in the back. Adonis is rewriting wrestling. Is yeah, he? yeah. Is he? Uh, I think it's is it Jimmy Hart or Adonis? They keep using the word adorable, which is really funny to me. It's Jimmy Hart because later on, actually, that becomes Adonis's the adorable. He becomes Adrian the Adonis. adorable because yeah, alliteration. Yeah, he's definitely not uh, adorable to me. No, to each their own. So we head off to the second match. We got Dynamite Kid versus Nikolai Volkov. D- Dynamite Kid is a Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer. And I wish I could have seen more of this guy. He was awesome. I love Dynamite Kid. Yeah, I am not uh, super familiar with him, but it was a uh, it was definitely a nice showing. So Volkov obviously starts off by singing the Soviet National Anthem. Love and it. love how much heat this draws. With the crowd, it's the yeah. best thing ever. More, yeah, every more national anthems all the time. Exactly, as long as they're not the U.S. one. While he's singing, Dynamite Kid climbs the top rope and comes off with a drop kick to Volkov, and gets the one, two, three. Yeah, it's fun. It's like six seconds. It's great. The official time says nine seconds, which matches what they say the King Kong Bundy match was at oh. WrestleMania. Oh, I'm sure they said something about that on. Uh... They didn't actually say they, anything really? during the show. Really? No. 
Well, there was a nice middle finger from the crowd that I caught uh, during the national anthem. (laughs) (laughs) Then back in the back with Mean Gene, he has Savage and Miss Elizabeth. And Savage goes on, most important thing at this time is the wrestling classic. And it was kind of weird seeing Savage as a heel. Because I've always seen him as a, as a as face. A, yeah. And so seeing him as a heel was kind of weird in this show. Yeah, I wasn't, uh, wasn't ready for it either, but, uh, but I liked it. I did too. He I did, did too. like, his heel work, as we'll get into, is, it's good. Yeah, it was he's, very good. Yeah, he's a slippery bastard. So speaking of, the third match ends up being Ivan Putsky versus Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth. Savage is a professional wrestling WWE. Is this our first Savage match? This is our first Savage oh, match. Okay. And Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer. Putsky is a WWE Hall of Famer as well. Savage's music, which is pomp and circumstance. He also he comes with, he comes out with cops. Cops in weird orange get-ups, but they're cops. Because people... People hate it. the intro. This time. Yeah, it's weird on these shows where like sometimes you, not everybody gets, not, every, not everybody gets an entrance. Like literally, Savage and JYD get an entrance every single time. Yeah, and only a I few wonder why. other people. <laughs> yeah, foreshadowing much. Uh, so Pomp and Circumstance plays. Savage makes his way to the ring. Ventura mentions while the match is going on that he's been training with Savage to preparing for the tournament. He's hyper ready and nervous. And I think I think the thing about the Savage heel thing that like threw me off the most was how he treated Miss Elizabeth because he like basically was like, uh, "That's where you're supposed to stand, right?" Yeah. Like she's standing on one side of the ring pose. He's like, "No, here. Yeah, I want you over here." It was don't little, treat don't treat Elizabeth it's a like that. Offsetting, so it was like <laughs> it's all right. He's uh he won't use her for a shield later or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Putsky's on the offense and sends Savage into the corner with an Irish whip and starts giving him right hands and kicks. Uh, but Savage takes Putsky down with a single leg takedown, gets his feet up on the ropes for leverage that the ref never sees, and gets the pin. Yeah, it's good. The best part about it, you can see Putsky, as he's being pinned, he's like pointing. He's like, he's got oh. his feet on the ropes! And I'm just like, just kick out, dude. Just <laughs> kick out. Like... Or try to kick out. He like just sits there, but he's pointing that. But Savage, we got a sixteen man tournament. Exactly. Thank we gotta get. We gotta get <laughs> we through gotta get, this. Yep. Savage and Elizabeth escape to the back as they know they've pulled one over on the ref. Uh, we go up to Vince, Lord Alfred Hayes, and Susan. Uh, when Volkov shows up to complain about American justice. Yeah, I remember. It didn't really seem like he said anything at all. It was a pretty like. It wasn't a very focused promo. <laughs> no. But then we get our fourth match. Ricky Steamboat versus Davy Boy Smith. My boy. And if you followed along with us so far, you know we are big Ricky Steamboat fans. I have a star next to this match uh, on my notes. I wonder why. Because I love Ricky Steamboat. You love Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> uh, Steamboat's the dragon by this point, which is the first time that he's that they've actually called him the dragon. But we get a suplex and pinning combo from the Bulldog, but Steamboat, like, Power bridges. Oh yeah, it's such it, a good spot. I was not ready for it. Into a backslide. Uh, every time we watch a steamboat match, I'm like, oh, like this is like sometimes there's matches and it's just guys trading blows, or they're, you know, they're not wrestling matches that I'm particularly interested in. I want it to be more technical. Dragon surprises me every time, even though I know I'm gonna get something good. I get something like I that bridge spot, and I'm like, oh my gosh, every time, thank you, yeah. yeah. Bulldog throws a couple press slams. 
uh, Steamboat reverses a suplex attempt into a vertical suplex, which he literally held for, it was a good five seconds. I, like, actually timed it. I was all like, how long is he keeping him up there? I noticed that the ropes, because we, we we mentioned on WrestleMania yeah. 1 that the ropes were like crazy. Rubber bands. The ropes were tighter. much tighter. Yeah. But Steamboat bounces off them to give a splash. But Bulldog gets the knees up. And then a couple drop kicks put Steamboat on the ropes. And Bulldog goes for a third. But Ricky moves and Davy Boy gets tangled up in the ropes. Yeah, crotches himself I on think like, the top yeah, rope. Basically crotches himself. And then all of a sudden the ref calls for the bell. And it was kind of like, what? What's going on? And basically, they just uh, the ref decided that Smith was unable, unable to, continue, to continue. Yeah, and so Steamboat was like, the winner by. Do forfeit. you think they were just in it, like they didn't want two like babies to eat a pin or something? That's basically that's, like that's what my thought was. Like that oh, was like, basically my like, thought yeah, as well. Like these two guys were faces at this point, and to not to put one of them over cleanly, yeah, would have not been a yeah. It's hard. Good thing. It's rough when you're going face on face. It's just it's crazy how much. Uh, David Boy Smith Jr. looks exactly like his father. It's pretty. Yes. It's it's pretty insane. So we go to the back. Mean Jeans with uh, Junkyard Dog. Uh, with my man, the Junkyard Dog. With your man. I am ready to grab them cakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> junkyard Dog says he can't take chic for granted, and then he does this line. I want to give congratulations to the Chicago. And, and he, he just trails off. Trails off. Yeah. And then there's a weird close-up on his face as well, and it's like, "You leave my I, man alone." I believe you're saying you're wanting to say bears because the bears are like 1985 is yeah. the year the bears ended up winning the Super Bowl. But it was just like, "Finish your sentence, there, buddy." Don't touch it, or you'll eat a headbutt, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm just being protect- protective. I know you get it. <laughs> Be protective of your of your my JYD. Of your dog pound there. Uh-huh. So we got fifth match: Iron Sheik versus the Junkyard Dog. Uh, Junkyard Dog gets his entrance music, of course. Mm-hmm. Sheik attacks before the bell using his rope to choke JYD. Spits on JYD. Yeah, the crowd is hot for JYD. We get JYD chants like the man is a star. Is he a star? Or is it just because he's facing the Sheik? Well, he's a star. <laughs> JYD fires back with his classic headbutts. Those headbutts. But then he misses a headbutt to the mat, and Sheik locks in the camel clutch. But Sheik somehow loses control of the arms, and so JYD just ends up falling forward. It looked like a bad spot, really. Yeah. But Sheik goes back on the offense in the corner, but the ref is trying to stop him, so he pushes the ref away, and as soon as he turns around, JYD comes out, another headbutt. Covers him for the pin. Is that, is that he does the the all fours headbutt? In this yeah, match, he right? did he did it the all fours. Yeah. All fours headbutt is that's the creme de la creme. I love, I love it. It's the best. Michael. It's the best headbutt. So after the pin, back in the back, we get Mean Gene with Terry Funk and Jimmy Hart. This might be one of my favorite segments of the entire evening. We fucking the cowboy gear on Terry Funk. He has the cowboy gear and he has a chew in. Yeah, and he, oh, it's disgusting. And he's literally spitting all over the place because you can see Gene. He just keeps backing away as yeah. Terry Funk's yelling at him. And finally, he just leaves the mic with uh, with the heart for the rest uh-huh. of the interview. And then and right he, at the he, end, Funk walks up to like the camera like, and like, just spits like, at the like camera. Three dip spits. It's disgusting. I was like, I would just hate to be that cameraman. <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine like. 
in my head, I hope, I'm sure they didn't do this, but like that they had like a piece of glass or something in front of it and they planned ahead. This is 1985. For, they didn't plan any of that People spit on the camera. The cameras are expensive. I don't know. I was just hoping. I was like, oh, there's like a piece of glass there. I don't know. I don't know a lot about uh, operating a camera or glare or any of that. I mean, but, they might have had it on a camera stand and so the guy wasn't there. Not like right in the camera way of when he spit. But yeah. I bet he's still got something on him. It's disgusting. There's not too many things worse than tips. <laughs> so we move to our sixth match, which is Moondog Spot versus Terry Funk, with Jimmy Hart, of course. Terry Funk is a member of the Hardcore, a.k.a. ECW, WCW, NWA, Professional Wrestling, WWE, and Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fames. They're both in the ring. Funk grabs the mic and is like, Moondog, I don't want to wrestle you. You don't want to wrestle me. Let's just leave the ring, take the draw. We're all good. And why don't they want to? Why does he not want to fight? What does he just? Well, do literally in his pro, in his promo, reason? he's like, "I should be fighting Hogan. I should uh, be fighting." Yeah. Jyd blah, blah. the disenfranchised. Yeah, he's like, I shouldn't be fighting someone like Moondog Spot. I should be fighting the higher ups. You know. Yeah. Moondog Spot uh, kind of looks like my boy uh, Jimmy V. He kind of does. He, he looks. Like, he's like a little bit trashier, honestly. Much trashier. <laughs> much trashier. Moondog Spot agrees. Yeah, sure. Let's leave the ring. So they start walking back to the back, and of course, Funk hits him from behind. Yeah. And then tries to rush back into the ring, but Spot catches up with him and pulls him off the apron. Funk hits Spot with classic left hand of Funk's, and then backdrops him into the ring. <laughs> and right as he gets in the ring. The ref finishes the 10 count, and Boondog Spot wins by disqualification, <laughs> or count out. See, I, had, I got kind of confused with this end. I don't know. I was just like, ugh, I don't know. What, like, it was not a terrible idea. I think it was just kind of telegraphed, like, over the sloppy. Out of all the funky finishes. This is not the worst. This is not oh, the that's worst That's true. One. Yeah. What up, Star I actually thought it was. I thought it was fun, actually. No, no. Like, this whole show is uh, a blast. We then go back to Mean Gene. He's with Mr. Fuji and Magnificent Don Morocco. Fuji says Santana has met his match and he feels sorry for him. And then right before they go to the ring, Mean Gene says, you have to be in top condition to make it all the way through the classic. And then he gives Morocco like an up and down glance. (laughs) Because Morocco's not the fittest guy. No. But it was He's not Tito Santana. It's one of those moments that, like, if you're not paying attention, it's not something you notice. No, but Mean Gene has the like the most classic comedic this timing. Is, this is one of the two moments in in this show that I just like started busting up <laughs> laughing at. The other one comes here in a minute. But yeah, I was just like, I know it's something that no one's probably going to realize that or even notice, but I just started laughing hysterically at. Did Mean Gene ever do anything that wasn't wrestling? Any other media stuff? I mean, I'm sure he probably... I think he was a radio DJ, like, coming up. But I just mean, like, on screen, I'm sure he's done plenty of, like, movie cameos and stuff like that. But I don't know. He's just... There's... Yeah. You never get tired of seeing the guy. No, never. R.I.P. We miss you, baby. Uh, So we get the seventh match. Tito Santana versus the Magnificent Morocco with Mr. Fuji. Don Morocco has been inducted into the Professional Wrestling and WWE Hall of Fames. And Mr. Fuji is a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Tito is the Intercontinental Champ. 
but his belt's not on the line. Morocco throws a vicious lariat, but misses. Tito comes back with a flying crossbody. And then Tito hits a sunset flip and a backslide for pin attempts. Morocco hits a power slam, and the ref counts the one, two, three, but then realizes that Tito got his foot on the rope. So Morocco's sitting there, like, celebrating. Celebrating, yeah. It doesn't realize that the ref has restarted the match, and Tito rolls him up in a small package for the victory. I don't like it when they, the three count happens, and then they go back on it. Three counts a three count. Exactly. Like, That's if, my if problem. If you're going to do that, you got to be like... Hey, you could do the rope thing. Like, if you're going to do the one, two, three, and, like, be like, no, wait, his foot was on the rope, then you just, like, need to, like, hey, we're restarting this match. Yeah. Like, he stop still is for too, a second. Too, too sweaty. Too much. Too, that's too sloppy still. But everything before that is uh, a nice, quick, and physical, and uh, good-looking match. Yeah. There's, mean, some, there's some moves, and we get a I mean, like these two, like I said, these two guys were intercontinental champs, like, yeah. basically the last two intercontinental champs, and they've been feuding over it for quite some time, so I mean, it was definitely a really good match. Uh, mean Gene's now in the back with Bobby Heenan. None of his, uh, none of Bobby Heenan's clients are in the classic, but he's always scouting for new talent. <laughs> I like that. I guess there, he has a fifty thousand dollar bounty out for whoever takes out Orndorff. With, with uh, wrestling back in the day, and hits out on people. I mean, I guess it was acceptable. Oh, yeah. I guess they just weren't getting paid enough <laughs> per night for match. I guess. But yeah, these. Yeah, the, I mean, the emphasis emphasis on like uh, money back at this time is pretty funny. So we got the eighth match: Cowboy Bob Orton versus Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So Orndorff has turned face since the last time we saw him at WrestleMania against uh, Hogan and Mister T, but Orton still has his cast on. Which, that seems like the most improbable broken arm ever. Because WrestleMania was in April, and this is in November. Maybe you broke it again? Perhaps. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised about this match. It was a little bit more up-tempo than you would expect from two guys of this size. Yeah, it comes out kind of blazing, like, with an atomic drop. I mean, Orton does a leapfrog at one point. I mean, which seemed crazy for a guy his size. Uh, Orndorff, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's all it's 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 in his it's in their blood. Exactly. Look at Randy's huge ass. Uh, Orndorff chicken wings Orton's arm and then leg drops it, which is always a fun looking move. Uh, Orndorff uh, sunset flip, but Orton stays up, uh, punching down on him. But then Orndorff grabs Orton's trunks, exposing his ass. Oh yeah, they blurt it out um, to complete the sunset flip, but only gets a two count. Orton. Does a he basically does the same power bridge backslide combo that Steamboat did? Yeah, which once again, like we're seeing something that Steamboat did, and we're like, wow, that's really cool. And then a guy like Orton, not a guy that we would expect to see a move like that from, so that was kind of interesting. Orton goes for a flying crossbody, misses, and ends up getting tangled up in the ropes, crotched on the ropes again. Yeah, exactly, but. He's not hurt. He's not hurt, guys. No. Orton slips out to the apron, but the ref isn't allowing Orndorff to go after him. Oh, it's because Orton's adjusting his cast so he can hit him. <laughs> but the ref sees, sees him hitting with yeah. the cast, calls for the bell. Disqualification. Orndorff's the winner by disqualification. Yeah. See, I think that things like this is why I wanted to see more, like at least one show a year, like 
this where you have tournament you know it's going to be one show and whoever wins is going to get like a title match or whatever yeah uh but you can do this stuff the better you like we know a lot more now we can Mm -hmm. do we can do some of these things that are interesting but they're just kind of done like a little bit sloppier yeah and it's not that they're bad ideas they're not just always executed very well these so these short matches and you get these guys that might not have a reason to fight you get a chance to see a baby versus a baby or whatever or like two heels or you'll get your disqualification that you typically like when was the last time you watched a match with a disqualification all the time <laughs> well never mind uh, i meant like a good match not, 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 well that's the thing this is a disqualification on a pay-per-view yeah i mean what you're yeah what i'm talking about is usually on t because yeah because that because that helps further the heat and that's the thing is that like a lot of these things is to further yeah. the heat of a match. And I just wouldn't mind seeing stuff like this more in the U.S. Like, I know we're going to get, what, a Crockett Cup uh, sometime soon? It's not It's not on pay-per-view, so... Really? So, uh, we can't even watch it. But, like, I, why can't... Uh, why can't WWE do something like this? Like, why... There's so many pay-per-views. There's one a month. Sometimes it's two at this point. Because they'll do like a big show somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Why can't they have a show like that? Most they don't want to, their wrestlers wrestling three or four matches in one night anymore. Basically, yeah, I don't know. Because all the matches are the same nowadays. If I see another suicide dive, so we go. We head up to Vince, Alfred Hayes, and Susan. Hayes is flirting with Susan at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's really fucking creepy. Well, Lord Alfred Hayes is he's, super creepy. He's really creepy, but he's like way shorter, and she just, I don't know. She is a monster among men. Uh, they recap all who uh, all the first round matches and preview the quarterfinals, which we're told are going to be 15 minute matches. Yep, they go to that big, beautiful bracket. And then Terry Funk shows up, saying he was, I robbed, was robbed, and is yelling and screaming at Vince with his back to the camera. And this is my second favorite part of the entire show. All right. And it's something so when once they again. blur out the WWF. No, because <laughs> he says WWF and they blur out the F. Beep out the F. Literally, if you're, it's one of those things again that if you're not paying attention completely, you're completely missing it. So Funk's yelling at Vince with his back to the camera, and all of a sudden you see Vince's hand come around and like on the left him. side of the screen and grab Funk by the belt. And just casually turning, and then you finally getting turned, and then Vince is doing this face, like one of those classic Vince faces. And I was just like, I just started started cracking up because I'm just like, like it's literally again, it's one of those things that you're not gonna notice unless you're like looking yeah, for it. The man knows what he wants. <clears throat> uh, but Funk wants the top guys. Calls Hayes a big eyed jerk. <laughs> Not the best insult for Alfred Hayes. You can go so many other places. Big-eyed jerk. I liked it. But anybody that calls Hayes a... Anything. Anything. It's fine, yeah. fine with me. So we're going to head off to the quarterfinals. So we got our ninth match now. Adrian Adonis with Jimmy Hart versus Dynamite Kid. So during the match, Ventura leaves ringside to leave Gorilla Monsoon all by himself to go talk to Savage. And Adonis is in control for most of the match. He goes for a bulldog, but Kid escapes... And throws Adrian through the rope, shoulder first, into the ring post. 
Uh, Dynamite hits a snap suplex and a flying headbutt, which, so if you're a Chris Benoit fan, he modeled a lot of his moveset after Dynamite Kid. Yeah. This is where he grew up idolizing Dynamite Kid. And so that's why Benoit did the flying headbutt. Uh, Jimmy Hart gets up on the apron and Dynamite goes to grab him. But Adonis rolls Kid up from behind. But Dynamite Kid's able to kick out and it sends Adonis into Hart, knocking him out. Dynamite Kid jumps on him for the pin and the win. Post-match, Hart claims Adonis' foot was on the ropes, which they show the replay, and it was on the ropes. And then Adrian starts having a temper tantrum. His, he throws a little kid fit, and it's really hard to watch. It's not. It's kind of cringy. It's very cringy. Um, it's like I'm like, dude, uh, you're like, like a forty year old man. Yeah, in the middle of the like ring. I said, he looks like a bowling ball with arms and legs, and he throw him throwing a fit like that is like bizarrely unsettling. Unsettling. Yes, it was very unsettling. Uh, we then go to the back. Mean Gene is with Jesse Ventura. Three heads are better than one. Exactly. Uh, then the 10th match, Ricky Steamboat versus Macho Man Randy Savage, obviously with Miss Elizabeth. I love that the cameraman continues to get the cleavage shot as Miss Elizabeth walks into, up oh, the man. stairs. Sorry, I had to mention it. The, uh, I, yeah, I haven't even tried to do a Randy, but I just love that he never finishes her name. It's always Elizabeth. Savage puts his finger right in Steamboat's face and Ricky starts to come after him, but Randy pulls Elizabeth in front of him for protection. Because you know Elizabeth is, yeah, um, you know, just a just a shield to Randy exactly. to heal Randy. But we get our first Pearl Harbor attack <gasps> of the night, and Steamboat with the head scissors takes Savage out of the ring. Uh, Ventura finally rejoins the announce table in the middle of the match, and Savage goes for a double axe handle, but Steamboat hits him in the stomach as he's coming off. Dragon with the high cross body, but only a two count. And then Savage is on the apron, the and he shorts. reaches into, into his shorts. shorts for the foreign the objects. F.O., baby. Misses the punch, but as Steamboat does a suplex, hits him, and knocks him out for the win. Does this remind you of anything? Would it be Starcade 84 against Tully Blanchard? Yeah, yeah. It's very much the same finish. Yeah. I mean, how many finishes is there? True. But, True. uh... I do like that. I think Rick, that's going to be my running thing is like remembering the these finish, finishes. Yeah. I like that uh, Ricky starts doing the more like like martial art, like Bruce Lee, um, like. Well, he's the mo- dragon now. Well, yeah, he is, and but yeah, it's, it was just a nice. Uh, it was the most noticeable thing outside of him continuously being uh, fantastic. It's like oh, like we're getting the, the karate spots. Exactly. Back to the back, Mean Gene is with Moon Dog Spot. He's holding a bone. It's awesome. It's so stupid. It's awesome. Did you understand a word he said? No. I just I, I all I have is uh, dog got a bone. Boo dog just grunts. That is basically all that there is to that. There's a famous like musician and like home kind of like homeless New York guy that was named Moondog who made a bunch of music and stuff and he was around for a long time and was definitely around back then, uh, but I always think when I see Moondog Spot, I'm like, is that a reason? Like, I don't know where the the two words moon and dog came next to each other and got used I multiple times. That. But the only thing I ever think of is uh, Moondog, the kind of bizarre musician. Look into it, maybe. Maybe. So we head to our 11th match. We got Moondog Spot versus Junkyard Dog. J-Y-D. Uh, so Moondog attacks... Hey, he comes out this time, and he is a star. 
you were talking shit earlier, and I'm just saying, the crowd goes nuts for Junkyard, and nobody cares about Moondog, so it's not like he's got a bunch of heat. Literally no one cares about Moondog yeah. Spot. I don't care about Moondog Spot. You know who else doesn't care about Moondog Spot? Moondog Spot? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but also the refs don't care about Moondog Spot, as we're going to find out in this match. Because Moondog attacks JYD as he enters the ring. He then goes up to the top rope, misses a splash... JYD hits a headbutt from all fours. Yep, and it's then a, so good. And then a standing headbutt. Yep. Goes for the pin. There's no ref. No, he counts himself. But he counts it himself. Let me act it out. Oh, it's so stupid. Bro. And they're like, all right, cool. He wins. Gr- I, Gorilla and Jesse say there was a judge at ringside, so therefore it's legal. It was it was it uh, Liberace, <laughs> Billy, or, Mar- or, uh, Billy Martin's or, uh, out no, was uh, was Ali out there as the outside the outside exactly. uh, ref? But um, junk yeah, junkyard counting himself is great. It'd be better if a ref got in the ring after that and he did it again for a six count to extra bury Moondog and make uh, junkyard look extra cool. I'm a junkyard dog fanboy. You are indeed. <laughs> mean Gene's in the back with Bobby Heenan again, reminding us about that 50K on Orndorff. Because obviously the next match is an Orndorff match. 12th match, Orndorff versus Tito Santana. Tito has a bandage around his hamstring this time. Also, I think uh, Jesse Ventura keeps talking about how Tito is from uh, Tijuana, but he's not. Does he keep calling him Chico too? I think. Yeah, he's just being really racist. It's kind of exactly. it's kind of messed up. But he has a he's at one point he says no one from Tijuana can't be bought, and I'm like, oh my god, dude, uh, that's great. It was over the top um, and pretty fun, but you know, not in good taste. But uh, when wrestling has never been in good ta- taste, never <laughs> ever. So Tito keeps Orndorff down with a variety of head scissor and headlocks. Orndorff gets out of one of the head scissors with a flip-over pin attempt and then gives an atomic drop to Tito's bad hamstring and then puts a toe hold on, which you have this issue with people looking like they tap, and it looks like Tito taps at this point. Yeah, it's a thing that I've been noticing with these older shows. It's like it's like there's a difference between like hitting it and there's a difference and like, like yeah. you got to be careful, guys. Orndorff continues to attack that hamstring area when they end up on the outside and they're brawling and Tito rams Orndorf into the ring post and as they're about to go at it again the ref makes it to the 10 count and both men are on the outside and so they're eliminated from the tournament with the double count out 16 men there's only 3 hours of, three hours of uh, pay-per-view <laughs> paid for you gotta get through this quick yeah. gotta get through it uh, so we head up to Vince Alfred Hayes and Susan once again. Being creepy. It's, Hayes, it's, Hayes yeah. flirting and being creepy it's, once again. Uh, it's almost as cringy as uh, as Adonis's um, kid fit. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're going over the semifinal match as Junkard Dog will get a bye because of the double count out. And then Gorilla and Jesse, uh, they go to them, talk about the fortunate situation that JYD finds himself in a little bit. It's all right. He would have... He would have beat either of those jokers anyway, because he's the junkyard dog. He'd grab them by the cakes. So then we get the 13th match of the night. Rowdy, Rowdy Piper versus oh, Hulk Hogan That's crazy. for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. So we get, we get a yes, what title a, match on what this a, what show. A great, uh, what a great format for a show. You get your, your tournament, and then for the 
you get the the break before th- the final, and you get like a, a heavyweight match. And I just would like to see things like this with that much talent. You just want no, to see more of no it. Reason. There's no reason more. to do something that's act that's that's fun like this. So basically, these two guys have just been fighting for the better part of 1985 at this point, and that's basically the story behind uh, this match. Uh, Piper makes his way to the ring with bagpipe players once again. Yep. And then we go to the back with Mean Gene and Hogan. Hogan basically does his Hogan promo Yeah, American made, brother. Um, Hogan comes out to Real American, which he is using at this point. Piper attacks before the bell, knocks Hogan to the floor, but Hogan pulls Roddy out and begins brawling outside. Once they're back in the ring, a big clothesline, a backdrop, and two elbow drops puts Hogan in charge. Piper then comes off the second rope into a Hogan bear hug, but Piper gouges the eyes to escape. When was the last time you've seen a bear hug? Re- like from like a modern show. A modern show? Doesn't Rusev do bear hugs? Maybe when he's on TV. But uh, I don't know. I think the bear hug it works in a big guy match. Maybe, I don't know. Fale did one against uh, what Okada. Else? That makes sense. What else would Fale do, though? Exactly. Also, um, probably not a hot take, but that match was really good. It was indeed. But, uh, you know, it was, it's Okada. He we'll, can make, we'll, we'll see you in 10 uh, years. Okada could wrestle a pencil. Piper slaps on the sleeper. Hogan chants begin to ring throughout the crowd to help Hogan wake up from the sleeper. Oh, yeah. And they both stumble over the top rope. Piper giving right hands, but Hogan's no selling them. Hogan gives the big boot, an atomic drop, and an Irish whip that gets reversed. Piper steps out of the way, hitting Hogan with a double axe as he's going by, sending him into the ref. Ref bump. Piper goes to the outside, grabs a chair, ends up hitting Hogan in the back, and then attempts to slam it into his throat, but Hogan grabs the chair... And stops it, takes the chair away, hits Piper with the chair. Back into a sleeper. And slaps on a sleeper of his own. And then, of course, Cowboy Bob Orton shows up all of a sudden. With that cast. Hits Hogan from behind. and Earl the ref, Harbor's home. Exactly. <laughs> ref calls for the bell. Because you got you got to continue this feud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, yeah, this is... We all know the title's not changing at the wrestling classic. Exactly. It's not even the main event. But it's fun. Effective. Exactly. Post-match, Orton and Piper continue to attack Hogan until Paul Orndorff runs down and grabs a chair and clears the ring. And then we see Hogan and Orndorff doing Hogan posing. But then they show a little kid with a Hogan action figure, which is always fun. He's got his LJN. Yeah. He's like, me, look at me. (laughs) Then we get Junkyard Dog in the back with Mean Gene. And Gene says that Junkyard Dog got the luck of the draw. And then he says... Hope he can make it to the finals. Hey, Gene, he got a bye to the finals. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy Hart interrupts and starts yelling. And I'm like, Junkyard Dog had nothing to do with Jimmy Hart, so I didn't really understand yeah, why Yeah, I didn't like uh, that Junkyard Dog says he might be juking in the Windy City tonight. Who doesn't want to juke in the Windy City? <laughs> so then we get our first semifinal match, which is the 14th match of the night. Dynamite Kid versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Miss Elizabeth is following along as well. Savage with a hard right hand as the ref is pulling Kid away. A backdrop to Savage with lots of height, like 
It's a high crossbody. Like, literally just, like, threw Savage way up in the air. Uh, gets a sunset flip, but Savage ends up dropping straight down on the kid's chest. Oh, that's a that's always a fun spot. Yeah, yeah it's usually like a, it's usually a big man spot. Yeah, but for Savage to do it, it was kind of cool. Like, I mean, yeah, Savage he's a he can kind of sell just about any any like feat of strength, and he's not well, he's obviously not at his biggest right now, but he just looks his his whole persona is that uh, he's a little stronger than he should be. Exactly. We get the double clothesline KO spot. And then Savage goes to the top rope when Dynamite drop kicks him and then hits a superplex. And it's off huge. The, off the it's top gigantic. rope. And it's a great looking superplex. It's so good. After they land, Dynamite Kid's legs are up and Savage hooks him with the cradle. Surprise pin, baby. And gets the one, two, three for the pin. Oh, it's good. But Savage is hurt, so he has to be helped to the back after this match. We then go up to Vince and Susan. And they're basically like, it's giveaway time for this Royals Royce. So they're just giving it away to a... Oh, they're giving it away to, like, somebody in the crowd? Or did I you have to, like... I think it was just a, like, you entered You had to send randomly. in... Yeah. It was probably one of those things where, like, they didn't actually give away a Rolls Royce, but uh, they got people on mailing lists. <laughs> exactly. Vince says this line, maybe the winner will give you a ride, Susan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because we all know Vince, uh, Vince McMahon's uh, humor. <laughs> exactly. Like... I didn't take it the way that he probably meant it. Yeah. So then we go down to the ring. Howard Finkel's there. He announces Jack Tunney and Basil DeVito, who's the director of promotions, and then Ed, who cares, director of marketing for the judges. Lord Alfred Hayes announces the winner is Michael Hamilly from Illinois. Wow. Surprised that someone from Illinois won? Interesting. Yeah, this is just filler. Oh, complete filler, just to give time between the semifinal and yeah. final match. But I wanted to give a shout-out to Michael Hamley. Hopefully you still have that Rolls-Royce, but yeah, man. that'd be uh, awesome if you yeah. did. You should email us in and let us know. <laughs> Hayes gets a chorus of boos after the announcement, which always always makes me happy. Yeah. Like, I hate... I don't I don't want to hate anybody, but I have no love for I have Hayes. No, I have no issue hating Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> mean Jeans in the locker room. He grabs Hogan to talk about the match. Uh, you can, and the thing is, you can hear the ring announcer making the announcements during the entire interview. It's very distracting. But Hogan says, "We haven't had enough. Let's do it again, anytime, anywhere." And then Orndorff jumps in, starts yelling as well. Don't really understand what he's saying half the time. Then we get the fifteenth match, our main event of the evening: Junkyard Dog versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh. No time limit on this main event. The crowd is singing along with Grab Them Cakes. Grab Them Cakes is uh, it's the best. It's really the best. I almost bought a Grab Them Cakes 7-inch off of the internet. Uh, it was very cheap. Very cheap. But I was like, well, I can Why get... wouldn't you just buy the entire wrestling album? Because I, that's what I'm going to do instead. Is Because okay. you can get the wrestling album and the wrestling album 2 for like 40 bucks or whatever yeah. like combined. But instead, I settled for uh, this... Junkyard Dog WWE yeah, Mike, Elite action figure. Michael went and bought a Junkyard Dog action figure. After I watched this, I got on the internet and I was like, how many Junkyard Dog well, action figures? You're totally going to have to take a picture of that and put it yeah. on the Twitter. Yeah, there's three three Junkyard Dog action figures. Um, there's uh, old LJN that looks like crap and cost a lot. Uh, LJNs like the old, are coming back out. Well, yeah, I saw those those Young Buck ones or whatever. Yeah. And then there's like, maybe, I don't know, some of them. I don't know anything about 
wrestling action figures. This is the only one that uh, I've owned as an adult, and I bought it uh, loose off of eBay because <laughs> I was like, well, I can spend fifteen dollars or thirty dollars. But the chain is real. He looks good. He does. He look looks. Good. He looks real good. Looks real good. I was like, like I said, we'll put a picture of it. On, yeah, but uh, on the Twitter. So my JYD love is real. Once again, Savage does the heel thing, pulls Elizabeth in front of him, so JYD can't hit him. Yeah, it's always effective. Savage grabs a chair from the outside and looks to get in the ring with it, but the ref kind of keeps, you know, stopping him from doing it. So he finally he throws it into the ring, and JYD catches it and then hits good. himself in the head. He's so it. good. Like oh, I love I love this man. This don't do nothing. No. Savage, like no, no sell your own chair shot. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Savage keeps stalling by getting out of the ring, but rolling back in at the last second multiple times. And we get a bear hug by JYD, but Savage escapes with an eye, an eye gouge of his own. And That's this, the only way to get out of a bear hug. It, it seems that, to be that way, <laughs> yes. Mean Gene joins the announce table at this time for the main event. Thank God. JYD headbutts Savage in the small of the back. Yeah. Instead of head buttoning, is it a is it a back butt? Oh yeah, there's some good crowd stuff in here as well. There's a sign that says "Junk has the funk," and there's a spot at one point where a girl in the crowd calls uh, Savage the f word that's not fuck, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, they didn't blur that, they didn't they didn't bleep that one out, <laughs> but I was like, oh my gosh, I guess I need to pay attention to the crowd more. Uh, I that's one of my favorite things. Especially these old crowds, because like specialty. there's these yeah there's like these couples that are wearing the same like and they're also like it's a beautiful terrible thing. Savage then throws a really bad looking clothesline and then throws JYD out of the ring, and then he climbs to the top rope, gives multiple double axe handles to the outside, but JYD would just keep getting up. Oh yeah, they he looks so good in this match, and like. Every time he would get up, Savage would like sneak out of the yeah. ring. Oh, it was so fun! And then, like come back around, hit him yeah. again. Like honestly, what uh, he's doing in this match is reminds me of what Jay White's been doing for like the last year, being a real. Maybe he's been watching some old wrestling classic. Oh, he's killing it, so it's fine. But yeah, it's just like a true heel does true heel shit. This is true heel shit. Exactly. Finally, Savage would just grab a chair and just hit Junkyard Dog, and the ref sees it. I guess this match is no disqualification. It's the main event, so you just can't you can't DQ the main event like three minutes in. I, I guess not. He finally realizes that he's not going to be able to get him on the outside, so he rolls him back into the ring and goes to hit another double axe handle from the top rope. The junkyard dog catches him with a right hand as he comes down. And then we get some all four headbutts, Ooh, baby. Uh, and Randy J- sells hard with his headbutts. He does. Uh, junkyard dog is on the ropes, and Savage runs towards him. But then gets flipped over to the outside, and Elizabeth is sitting, is like checking on him on Savage, like, "Hey, are you okay? You okay? You got got to get up, get back." Ref hits the ten count. Jyd is the winner yeah. of the wrestling classic tournament. It's so good. Jyd is the key. Gets a good pop. He's talking shit in the crowd. Uh, Randy looks like a weasel because he's been a weasel the whole night. It's good. Mean Gene jumps in the ring to talk with JYD, and as he starts to talk, Ventura jumps in the ring, protesting about Boo. how Savage had to fight more times than Junkyard Dog. Boo. But finally, Jesse gets back to the announce table, and Gorilla and Jesse say their goodbyes. We end up going up to Vince, Alfred Hayes, and Susan. Some more sexual innuendos <laughs> between Susan and Hayes. 
And then a video package as the credits roll and Real American Plays. And it should be Crab and Cakes. Overall thoughts? Oh, this is great. On the wrestling I'm classics. so bummed because I thought that this happened twice. I thought there was two wrestling classics and there's only one wrestling classic. They said annual, but I knew that that was a lie when I was watching the show. But for some reason, uh, I thought that there was another one and I was excited about it. But yeah, the show's a blast. Did I break your heart a little bit earlier? I told you that. Yeah, you did. I mean, I knew I was only going to get two, but if there was, if there, I knew it wasn't going past that. I mean, yeah, I loved this show. Obviously, I spent uh, eBay money because I was so excited about it. Like, it's not. It's just. Are you going to go, it, go rewatch all your JYD matches with your JYD? No, probably reenact, not. Reenact all the matches. Any, anytime we uh, record and there's a JYD match, he will be sitting. He, he will be sitting here. ringside. I, I agree. This is a super fun show. Because it's, it's like, it's a low stakes show, but it's a super fun show. There are definitely some matches that I wish would have gotten some more time. Yeah. Like Steamboat, Davy Boy, which would be an amazing match. Steamboat Savage, which we'll see in a couple yeah couple years. And we'll see a lot of these guys meet back up. Meet and back this, up. This kind of feels like a, it's a, the great thing about a tournament like this is that you can set up matches that people want to see this way. Exactly. Like, like you can set, you can tease these things for later stuff, and uh, that's kind of why I'd like to see more of it. But they're like, I was not bored or annoyed. There were some messy finishes, but they weren't as messy as some other finishes. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, I under, I totally understand why the matches weren't longer because there were sixteen matches in yeah. the show. Is the show still moved? Two and a half. Yeah, yeah it, 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 moved, it was it moved moving. Quick, like, it was moving. Yeah. There were a lot of funky finishes. Some were good storytelling. Yeah. And then there were some that were just, like, odd. Yeah, and some were, like, not the worst idea. They just weren't executed exactly, very well. Exactly. But, I mean, it's live television. I'm sure that they, like, I don't necessarily think that they were all bad ideas, but I think that they were probably better ideas than they were, you know, executed. like, executed. I'm ready for Wrestling Classic 2. What's up, WWE 2020? Wrestling Classic 2. Let's do it. Let's ride in. Let's get them to do it. Yeah. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time to smark it up. What do you think some of the best moments of this show were? The logo, which I can't shut up about that Wrestling Classic logo. You did love the logo. I don't know why. It's like sloppy and hard to read it's like it's like a classy version of like a black metal band logo where you can't read it maybe even classic oh it's very classic and they're like baby blue background it's nice it's so 80s i like it it's the rolls royce it ties in with the rolls royce totally i mean i loved obviously i think i mentioned while we were the terry funk moment oh yeah and the uh, that was that was kind of as gross as it got. There was no blood on the show. No, there's no. That's the thing is like a lot of people like complain nowadays that WWE has gone PG, and I'm like, literally they didn't really. They only do anything that they, was. They only went like like R for a small amount of time. If you look at like the time that they've been around, there's just like that small period, but that's the one where they were the hottest. Exactly. So is what's. I mean, it was very much cart like everything's cartoon for the WWF at this point. 
Well, I mean, it's going to get more cartoonish. It gets even more cartoonish. Right now, right now it's, it's... It's like on the verge of turning yeah. into that. But, but yeah. it's, uh, it's not a NWA bloodbath. No, definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, like the whole funk moment and the jean, Mean Jeans looking up and down Morocco, those are both great moments. Match-wise, Davy Boy and Steamboat was awesome. And then... Yeah, that was the most like compelling, like uh, like technical match. I mean, that one and the Dynamite Kid the, Savage match were the two ma- were the two matches that I was like, I want yeah. to see more of these. Yeah, I like the Dynamite Kid pulling off the the quick drop kick. The, yeah, that like, was that's fun. fun. Like that's what's kind of exciting about these shows I mean, is like that you do get you, those quick moments. Technically, yeah. when you look at that, that's kind of a funky finish. No, it's, it's awesome. A, but it's it great. Awesome. It it's cool. great. It was super cool. But, uh, yeah, no, this whole show's uh, a total blast, and I suggest the whole thing. Like, I'd be like, watch the whole show. There's not, there's no one match on here that's so good where it's like, oh, you got to see this. They put on a clinic. Like, this is, a the show as a whole is very cohesive and, like, super entertaining, and it's super, it's fun. Like, sometimes you I watch mean, a show and you're like... The worst like, match is probably the very first match of the show and that's just because Corporal Kirchner is not good. No, he's not. There's, Cause, a, reason, cause, there's a reason he was the first. And, and, the, and then the, the next worst wrestler is probably Moondog Spot and both of his matches are literally him not wrestling. 20 seconds long. <laughs> yeah. But, combined. Yeah. So it's like... Considering like I prefer a nice long technical match over most things, this show does... All of the stuff that can be annoying, well enough that it's worth your time. Exactly. Was there anything disappointing in the show? Honestly, I mean, no. I like the show. Nothing. I don't. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing pissed me off. Nothing. Let me give you a hot take. You ready? You ready for the hot take? No, probably not. The junkyard dog matches were the worst of the <sighs> show. Fuck you. <laughs> I am normally not a fan of a guy that's just like all charisma but the junkyard dog gets my uh stamp of approval because like literally if you look at it like his first match was against the sheik it was just kind the of the sheik surprises me sometimes he can it's kind of a whatever match i mean that was probably the i mean well that's not the best because he faced savage in the finals yeah but then his second match was against moondog spot which was a nothing match yeah he doesn't have a third match because they they didn't want him to face tito or paul orndorff because He's, yeah, he can't wrestle like that. So are you telling me that Junkyard Dog should have been in the NWA where all he could, all he needed to do was cut his forehead open and throw forearms? Pretty much. Okay. Throw headbutts all, but, all day long. But he's... But his charisma he's, is what he's, kept he's, him in yeah, the NWA. But, yeah, because he's got the attitude, and him just bear-hugging and hitting people and headbutting is enough. Like, he's my Goldberg. I mean... <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I like yeah. the guy. I like yeah. the guy. I, I, I know I'm coming down a little hard on him. You are, and you should. But play devil's advocate. It's but at the, at the same time, the matches weren't great. That he was no, in. no. I'm just in love with the guy, which normally is not how like I'm not the kind of guy that's like that's my favorite wrestler. I like anybody that can go in there and do the thing. I normally don't like guys that are not proficient in the ring, and uh, junkyard dog. He's, not he does he gets the, he's, yeah he gets the the charisma points. Let's move on to best performer of the night. I think you got to give it to Savage. Yeah. Four matches. 
with he's, each he's, one of them. The heel, yeah, the heel each works. Each one of them was great. The heel works good. It's really good. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's the, like, he did per- great heel work without yelling at a crowd, without a microphone, without, like, talking shit on the crowd, without being a foreign, the foreign guy. Uh, he did the heel by being a scumbag. Exactly. And he did it all uh, in the ring, and it was great. And the thing about, he didn't even do it on the microphone. The thing about Savage is that he literally just joined WWF about four months earlier. Most of your heels at this time were your big guys because they could just you know dominate people yeah. and throw people around. Yeah, and they'll, they'll put a red shirt on them and have them sing a national yeah. <laughs> Russian so anthem. That's the heelish thing to do. Yeah. But Savage was able to get over as a heel because of yeah. doing is, heel here's, stuff. Here's here's my... Or finish. But, but he ends up becoming almost a cool heel, heel. Yeah. because he's so good in the ring yeah. that people start cheering for him. And that's... We'll see in future yeah. shows. That's why he becomes a face. Here's uh, my warm take. I don't know how hot it is. But the to the point of like what we've watched so far, uh, and we've seen Flair... Do he, some heel work, mm-hmm. but Macho Man's heel work here is better than any of the Flair heel work we've seen well, the, so far. As like with the shows we've watched, it, it, yes, I agree. Because like literally, says, Flair, I don't feel has he's like a tweener. Other than doing the leverage pin that we saw, yeah. Like I don't feel like Flair has actually done anything. I guess that's heel-ish. my spoiler. Is like I guess he became more heel because the show were. Gonna talk about the after show this. next week. Like, yeah, he does get more of, but he doesn't play the heel in the ring the way no, that Savage does. He doesn't. Does. Um, anything surprising in the show? I mean, outside of some of those quick finishes, but you know, in hindsight, they're not surprising. It's just that when you're going in fresh, then uh, you're like, oh, okay. Like uh, maybe I thought I'd get a match. I would have liked to see Steamboat go further, but. That's I just mean, because they, I always want to see him. Yeah, we always want to see... I, yeah. Like, it would have almost been better... St- well, here's the thing. So, Devil's Advocate put Steamboat in JYD's spot. Oh, yeah. And have... But still have Steam... Like, have Tito and Paul Orndorff not have a double count out. So then you have Steamboat versus one of them. Uh-huh. Which would have been a great match. And then you have Steamboat and Savage face each other in the finals. Yes. Ah, uh, that's great. But... Still love you, JYD. I'm a. I was born to grab them cakes. <laughs> uh, most surprising thing is actually just more of a fun fact here for me. Uh, this is the only pay per view event that WWF runs until 2005 without a tag team match. Oh, all right. It's just a fun fact. Till 2005. 2005. There's so, no tag matches. There's n- no. There's a tag match in every oh, okay. event. Okay. This is the, yeah, for well, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. So um, we'll know to look forward to a tag match in every show for the next. Yeah, as long as it's not in the cage. <laughs> we'll get that next week. A look even farther back into the history of wrestling. The dusty finish. Frank Gotch had his eyes set on becoming the first American. To win the World Heavyweight Championship, but he would have to defeat the only man who had ever held the title, the Russian Lion, George Hackenschmidt. Born in 1877 in Estonia, Hackenschmidt was a physical specimen. He was capable of incredible feats of strength, such as lifting horses off the ground. He would use his formidable power in Greco-Roman wrestling, 
a style that didn't allow strikes or holds below the waist. He even created the bear hug. Hackenschmidt would make his debut in April 1898, defeating Paul Pons, who would go on to win a world championship just eight months later. Hackenschmidt would go around winning many of the competing world titles that would pop up over the times, making Greco-Roman wrestling an international sensation. In 1903, Hackenschmidt would go to England, where the newer style of catch-as-catch-can was all the rage. Catch wrestling allowed holds below the waist, which mitigated some of the Russian lion's power, but he proved to be determined and was soon recognized as world champion in England as well. In 1904, Hackenschmidt would defeat American champion Tom Jenkins under Greco-Roman rules, and then again in 1905 under catch rules in Madison Square Garden to be recognized as the first world heavyweight champion, regardless of style. So, if WCW was around in, like, 2005, they would have had a pay-per-view called uh, Catch as Catch Catch Me If You Can? Possibly. (laughs) It was a sloppy joke, but you get it. (laughs) They were needing names by the time they were done. Oh, some fucking sold out. It's like, literally the last three pay-per-views of WCW were Greed, Revenge, Sin. That's some Russo right there. Oh, God. Those are just the names of Nine Inch Nails songs. <laughs> and also the, like, well, I was, actually, whenever they named the one sin, I was like, oh, they should have named it Gluttony. <laughs> Next week, Starcade 1985. The Gathering. <laughs> Man. Are we looking forward to that one? <laughs> yeah, put on your ponchos, everybody. Uh, music from this week's show is Back in Time, the instrumental from Huey Lewis and the News. And then we've talked about it enough. So, of course, it's time to C-R-A-B-T-H-E-M-C-A-K-E-S. The fact that they spell out Grab Them Cakes and it's not even, like, catchy is just stupid and awesome. I love it. When the song first starts, you're going to think it's a Ghostbusters ripoff, but it is... Not that, and it's so much better. I agree completely. I'm, I'm glad that you put it over uh, the Ghostbusters. I did not expect you to do that. That's my surprise. That's your surprise. But that song's written by David Wolf, George Pavlis, and Butch Taylor. Credit where credit's due. And if you like us, you can write and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or just wherever you find your podcast. We'd love to hear a little bit more what you think about us. You can always find us on uh, email. You can email us. Let us know there as well. WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter posting pictures of Junkyard Dog action figures at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. And we'll talk to you next week. Start of this hard stuff, you just go for your partners, you know what? And then you G R A B T. <laughs>